Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This week's sounds of Kevin Buddy Wilson. It is Hump Day with Swanee and friends, Amanda Riches and Dane Swan. Hello, hello. Hello. Every fucking time, Dane. You know what? We should time this a bit better oh. next week. We'll get you to clear your throat. Yeah. Then I'll hit record. <laughs> it's, just, it's like it's, tradition, isn't it? it's become part it's of our intro. You're lucky I'm on this fucking thing. <laughs> are you, um, are you, you posted something about the last dance. How are you going with the last dance at the moment, Dane? It was the longest dance I've been involved in in a very long time, Ralph. You haven't been pissed fit? Oh, mate. I don't know. Yeah, certainly not like that. Um, that was was a pretty good effort, but I'm, I'm feeling the effects of it now. Yeah, you said well, you posted on social that you've been up at Sereno, and, and I think basically what you've said is that you're entitled to a decent break after such a hard year's work. No, exactly. Um it was the longest dance I've ever been involved. I've been involved in, in a very long time. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a solid, solid hit out. Um, and I've only got two days to recover till Friday. Um, but no, it was fun. It was fun to get away. Um, mate's having a kid in January. Mine's obviously in Feb. Um, so I went down with a few mates and, and had you know one last blowout. Oh, well, it won't be the last one, but um, was. <laughs> Yeah, it was an excuse to get away, um, and it was a it was a solid, well, Saturday to Monday night. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I apologise if I'm as my brain's not as switched on as it usually is, but which is saying something. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was, uh, it was good to get away. Um, here I am now. Uh, fronting up, what, getting back to work as I always do. Um, I always front up. Um, not, depending on what state I'm in, but but I'm here. I'm here, and uh, we'll see how this goes. Well, look, the um, and, yeah, go on. and also I just want to. I'd also like I haven't been on my phone. I'd actually just looked at my phone for the first time on social media from Saturday. So I don't know what's wow. going on in the world. Actually, well, I just found out that Eddie's not the president anymore. That'll help the questions that we've got from our listeners that we'll get to shortly. Okay. We're also going to be joined by uh, a returning friend in uh, Georgie Parker. Looking forward to chatting with her. But um, look, one of the biggest things in footy over the past fortnight 
was Jamara Eugle Hagen. Did you catch any of that before you went away on holidays, Dane? Uh, that was a draft. Yeah, that was a draft, yeah. Yeah, yeah, number one draft pick. Good-looking rooster, uh, Aboriginal kid. He looks like a star. He handled the media so well. Just really, really admired his work. Sam, did you catch any of his work there? Yeah, look, um, he'll get there. Perhaps, Dane, there's there's another job opportunity for you. Perhaps you could work with him in the future, you know, polish polish some of the edges. What do you think? Doing what? Just working, you know, well, me- media not. liaison. You're quite good with the media, I feel. Yeah, well, I'm available. Do you think that he'd be a good person for, Which is quite for Dane surprising. What do you reckon, I Ralph? Still wake up I think he'd be an absolute shoe in. But look, what it what it really struck me because he just did so many interviews and he was available. He talked his way through it beautifully for an 18 year old kid. Well, mm. you you were, you were denied your chance of, mm. uh, of being interviewed, Dane. Uh, when when you were drafted at pick number uh, fifty eight. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, I know that. So, so I thought if we had like the uh, the uh, Samantha Ralphie in the morning breakfast show, mm. we could get Dane Swan on mm. as pick number 58 and just ask you some of the questions. And I've got some of the questions that Jamara was asked, mm-hmm. just reworked them a tiny bit and just you could answer them so that you get your opportunity to do your media coverage so after I'll, getting drafted. As in what I know now or what I, was, or what I would have been thinking back then. As in whatever comes out of your mouth now. Well, right, here we go. Righto. All right, there we go. Right. Uh, congratulations. You've been on Media Street over the past 24 hours, as all number 58 draft picks are. How stressful is dealing with the media? Um, not, not very at all. Don't find it stressful at all, Dane? Did you have a, a fair idea that you'd go as high as pick number 58 and had Collingwood showed you how keen they were to get you? Um, no, I was a little disappointed that I... Well, I slid all the way down to 58, considering I played three different games my whole season. And you're going to have to wrap this up, guys. I'm, I'm actually a schoolie. So, <laughs> uh, I've just been drafted. So, I've obviously, I've really improved um, to the fairest sex. From, I've, I've gone from a, a six to a nine now. I've been drafted. So, I would... Wrap the questions up pretty quickly. Well, we've got a few more. When did you start playing footy and were you immediately identified as having special talents as a young fella? Uh, I was always told I was very special, but it had nothing to do with my footballing ability. <laughs> and, and when did you start to uh, get really serious about football? When did you start to dominate? I'll let you know when it happens. <laughs> Uh, when you walk through the doors of the Collingwood Football Club at pre-season training, uh, what do you expect on your first night? Um, on my first night, a little like changer in the day, but um, well, I expect not a great deal to be honest. I would expect to be nursed through my first year, um, not do a lot, um, find out what nightclubs will get drink cards at, um, and what what's for lunch. Okay, so you're in the club now. You've, you've obviously been drafted, number 58. Great achievement there. What's the goal now for Swanee? When, when do you hope to be making it in the senior team each week? Um, oh, mate, so I don't really care at the moment. Like I said, I'm on schoolie, so I'll get through this week and then I'll deal with that when it comes. 
Uh, are you, would you describe yourself as a big footy head? Do you study games? Do you read all the newspapers, watch and listen to all the TV and radio shows? Um, not particularly. What was your name again, sorry? <laughs> Ralph. Ralph? Uh, yeah. not, not particularly Ralph. Um, I'm 17, so let's just relax on that. Um, but to be perfectly honest, I don't really want to get drafted. Oh. Um, I think Collie will remain a mistake here, but we'll see how we go. Well, Dane, did you finish all your exams at school? If you didn't get drafted, what were you hoping to do as a career then? Uh, I lied to my parents about finishing all my exams. I didn't. So, to be perfectly honest, thank fuck I got drafted because um, they don't really care about schooling now. So, there's a lesson for all you kids out there. Just um, as long as you get drafted, school education doesn't matter. <laughs> Has the Collingwood pass player been in touch with you to talk you through the history of the club, chaperone you around the pubs and nightclubs? And if not, who would you like it to be and why? Um, well, I could tell you who I don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, well, who I don't want it to be would be um, Chris Parent, Ben Johnson, <laughs> Andrew Dumitina, Scott Cummings. So I've got a feeling they're going to nearly ruin my career in the first couple of years if, if I hang around with them. Right. Anyone that you'd like? Why? Yeah. Anyone I like. Um, Who's the best option for you, do you think? Uh, the best option for me? Um, probably Chris Tarrant, Ben Johnson, <laughs> Andrew Zimitina, um, Scott Cummings. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, tell us, Swanee, about the culture growing up in West Meadows. Culture? Yeah, what Um, was it like growing up on the streets of West Meadows? It's fine. It's all I've ever known. So, um, yeah, it was fine. I didn't didn't know any different. I didn't want for anything. I I don't know if we're middle class, but we're just normal. Um, Yeah, it 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 was good. I'm actually thinking about moving back there. You um, you, you tell tell us you're on schoolie. So talk us through the tension of uh, of getting drafted on uh, and and you know how did you react once you got drafted and and, and uh, did you make a big deal of it and did others make a big deal of it? Well, we actually don't have the internet on our phones um, or anything like that. So I've actually got a Nokia 3310. And um, yes, I don't know as I stayed or maybe not with you, but um. I didn't think I was going to be drafted, nor that I want to. So um, I just was at the pub with me mates, and I got a text from me mate, Kay, who said I'd been drafted, and I thought he was taking the piss out of me because I was on schoolies. So um, I told him to fuck off. And then <laughs> the regional manager of the footy club, Ross Monahan, either called me or texted me, and then he said, mate, you've been drafted to Collingwood. And then that's when I realised I'd been drafted. So um, that's how I found out. Um, I'm still not sure why I've been drafted, but um, yeah, it's just one of those weird things. Who helped you out with your your wardrobe today, Dane? Does anyone help you pick outfits? Uh, I dress. I can dress myself now, yep. which is nice. Took fifteen, sixteen years, but um, I'm able to put my pants on by myself, which is nice. But um, now I dress myself. Uh, Dane, this is an actual question to Jamara. Uh, what is your t- views on tattoos? Of, uh, uh, AF- AFL players, a few of them are starting to get them, and more importantly, what do your parents think of getting tattoos one day? AFL players get them. I'd say just people in general get them. There's no need to pigeonhole AFL players with tattoos because 
if you look around the cross-section of society, most, you'd say, oh, I, I guess I'd say the majority of males between 18 and 30 would have at least one tattoo. So, um, so yeah, no, obviously I like them. Um, but each their own. I couldn't give a fuck what people have on their skin. <laughs> Fabulous answer there, Dame. Very eloquent. Anyway, you've been drafted now. How keen are you to get out there and just have a run around and a kick of the footy? The way I'm feeling now, not super keen, to be honest. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but it's going to have to happen at some time if I want my paycheck, so we're going to have to suck it up and get out there and do my best. Well, look, thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Show, uh, Dane, and um, I think Jamara's probably got you covered at the same age. Oh, thanks. Well, fuck off then, you two. <laughs> Uh, hello, hello, Georgie Parker. Thanks for joining us. Hello. I don't know how I can. Um, hello. After that uh, magnificent performance, Dan, you, you seem absolutely stoked to be here today. Exciting do stuff. Do you do anything other than this? Like, are you tired from a week? I know you've been on a bender, but like, is there anything, anything oh. else to get excited for during the week? Nah, nothing to get excited for uh, today. Um, actually, I might say, I might go for a walk. Um, that's about it. Um, I just had a look at who's playing on ESPN today. There's a female college game and a male college game, so I'll, I'll double that into a multi and see how that goes. But um, that's about all I've got today for you. Well, I had the baby, I had the baby moon sort of with my first baby moon. When was that? Have I spoke to you since then? No. No, that one. And then it was this weekend was slightly different to the Byron Bay Gold Coast one, but um, but we're getting there. Was it a combined baby shower? What do you think about men going at baby showers? Um, oh, listen, I don't think it's great. <laughs> um, not, well, I do like. I, do I didn't like, know it was a thing. No, it's it's fine. Well, I'm certainly not getting one. It's just fucking not very nice. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah, I'm not getting anything. But we're going on another baby room with friends again. Uh, some day, but um, it's been a solid 10 or 12 days, I think. Doesn't sound well, does he? Uh, the, but at least you've, you've earned your rest. How, how many baby moons do you think you'll get all up before this is over? And can you cope? Um, I've got one more. 10 days in um, from the 26th to the 6th, that's 10 days, maybe 11, but um, got that to go. We've got this weekend Christmas parties to go, and then that's it. Then, Is then this the Albion, break up? Well, actually, then the Albion's going to open, <laughs> so then I'm going to have to have that weekend. So we might, <laughs> I might just have to stand on a head or something for a couple of days so I'll recover from that, and then... Um, then we'll see how we go. Imagine how that's going to go down, Ralph, telling Taylor, just, I've got to get this done, Taylor. It's for the good of the business. Just legs mm-hmm. in the air for a little while. Yeah. If you could just not go into labour, that would be fabulous because I'm nursing a hangover. How do you reckon that'll go down? Well, unfortunately, it's, it's going down. So <laughs> just going to have to wear the brunt of it. Um, how's, life been, how's life been in Perth, Georgie? Can you talk us through that this year while we've been stuck in jail all year? Sam's going to be jealous. Yeah. yeah, it's been better than Melbourne, I think. 
Yeah. Um, what did you do? You escaped when? I escaped in March as soon as the borders um, went up. The, the week before the borders went up, their hard borders, I'd been to five different states in five days. So I definitely had COVID, but I came over to um, <laughs> WA and um, came over in March. And I've been here since, um, which has been great. We had six weeks of things being shut and then everything came back to normal, footy, um, just everything, pubs, bars, everything. So I've been so lucky. Um, we do feel for the... The uh, Melbourne. Oh yeah, I could hear it in your voice. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's hard because I you literally had like survivor's guilt. I like left. Like I've still got my apartment sitting there in Melbourne with everything in it. I left thinking I'd be gone for eight weeks. I didn't. I'd brought nothing other than like bathers and like mask t-shirts to sit by the pool and thinking I won't be doing anything fun. That's all and then I've suddenly been here what nine months later. So. I didn't expect to be this long. I'm very, very thankful I am, clearly. Um, but, look, yeah, who would you rather be, right? Where would you rather be? Yeah. Well, our, our first year together, Shane had a real issue with me going to concerts and sort of, you know, spending a bit of time filming the concerts on my phone. Your equivalent was how, how you know, I can tell how sympathetic you were to all Victorians was on a, on a just rolling basis, taking a photo of you, sinking a pot at the footy, uh, followed by going to the beach. Yeah, yeah, hot chips and a pot at the footy, and then the beach, like the twenty-five degree winter weather. Yeah, um, but I do and that. Outdoors. Yeah, I, and outdoors with friends. Um, I do that all the time, but and it was hard <laughs> because you didn't want to rub it in their faces at the same time you do because it's Melbourne people, and it's the first time that they felt like they've not lived in the best city in the world. Um, I, I like I've got family over in Melbourne. I haven't seen my niece in ten months, and she's one. You know, so I've got. Family and friends haven't seen my parents there in Adelaide. I haven't seen them all year either. So I have had things that I wish wasn't the way, but I'd much rather live free here than not see my family for a year, that's for sure. As much as I love them. And Sam, you had the jealousy mood going, given that you couldn't get back home where Georgie was. Yeah, I was living vicariously through Georgie. Um, a lot of my friends, we spoke about this previously, a lot of my friends just didn't get it at all. I think that Georgie probably had a, a bit better of a perspective as to what we we're going through because she knows what life is like here in Melbourne and what we might be missing out on, whereas people in Perth are just so oblivious. They live in the <coughs> sunshine state realistically and they're always at the beach. So like Georgie just said, nothing really changed for them and they couldn't quite wrap their head around what our problem was. <laughs> like, why well, was so sad? Can you keep that shit off your Instagram, please? We were jealous as all hell over here and they were like, what? Of what? Like, this is normal life for us. So hopefully next you- week I'll be over there. Balls deep in an ocean somewhere. I don't care which one, but sharks and all, I'll be in there. You just let me at it. Sam, what's your, what's your thoughts on Mark McGowan? <laughs> did you see? <laughs> I was on the news over there, Georgie. Did you hear his campaign slogan? I drafted up for him. I'm not a fan. <laughs> He's not my favourite human. What was it against him? Mark McGowan, keeping families apart for Christmas. I think it's got a nice ring to it. I'd be happy to do up the posters and the placards. I'll stand there for you on election day. Yeah. Come on back. I'll do my time. No, it's not my favourite person, but I've heard that there's quite a divide in Perth. There are people that absolutely love him and are getting really territorial over Western Australia, the ones that want to be their own country, and that's fine. But then there's also the people that, um, you know, like Georgie mentioned, she's got family all over the country, and there are a lot of people in Perth that have got parents elsewhere, children elsewhere, brothers and sisters elsewhere, people that have been stuck over there for work. The lady that interviewed me on Channel 7 actually her she's in Perth and her husband is a FIFO worker but out of Queensland 
And he left for work on March 13th and he got back about three weeks ago because when he got over there, his boss was like, well, if you go back, you're going to have to quarantine and then you'll have to quarantine back here as well. It's not really worth it for us. You either stay here or you move back and we'll find someone else. So he left, much like Georgie, not thinking he was going for long at all. He just thought he was going for a swing and he ended up being gone for eight months. So there are people over there that have, you know, suffered as well through like being apart from their loved ones, but they really haven't suffered in the way that we have. So I'm really excited to get back there and taste a bit of freedom. Maybe even have a pot with you, Georgie. Yeah, I'll be around. Absolutely. Like You're not heading back, Georgie? Uh, I'll come back next year. Yeah, January. Well, you just said you, you did your first year next year to someone yesterday, didn't you? I did, and I hated myself. Like, at what point in the year can you say, like, at what point in December can you say, see you next year? Same. Well, so was it just an automatic, so it was just muscle memory or we actually, did actually know it was coming out? I knew it was coming out and I hated myself because I was like, oh, I'll see you next year. Oh, and I genuinely like FaceTime thinking I actually hate myself because that is, what, what's the date? I don't even know the date. Neither do I. It's like in 16th. 16th. It's 15 days away. That's way too long. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think and when it's the time. Neither do I. Can we assure you that he doesn't? No, he doesn't. Um, well, when we were setting this up, can I, I'm just going to say a quote that Dane said, looking through his phone, trying to catch up with things. Eddie's not the president. What happened? <laughs> yeah, he's literally been off, off the grid and out looked, of his mind. Looked, well, last night when I got home, I was in a dark place, so I had no interest in looking at his phone. And then I was like, fuck, I better have a look around and see what's going on this morning. And I had like a few mentions. I was, I don't check it, but it's like, I like 30 minutes. like, oh, fucking hell, something's happened here. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> I've, I've posted anything for like three days, but something's happened. And then I was like, 20 for president. And I was like, hmm, what's happened here? And then I flicked through and Ed's not the president anymore. I don't think there's a worse job for you than president of a footy club. <laughs> for why? Dane or for the footy club? <laughs> the boys might like it, but you, I don't know if it would suit you. Well, yeah, well, okay. What change? What would I change? Um, good, good question. I'm a good delegator. I'll get the board to sort this stuff out. <laughs> so not much. Um, I, do, I do remember, Ed, after he returned from uh, Sydney, he did say, I think in hindsight I'm a better president than CEO. So it, it's sort of a, you know, the hands-on side of things compared I'm to exactly, delegating. I'm not exactly sure what the president entails. Um, I don't think it would be much of a job at all. I think I do it with my hands. With me, I suppose. Do you reckon from now a player's can... perspective, what do you want from a president, given, given you only ever had one? What do I want from a president? What should a player uh, want from a president? Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah, someone who's on their side, supports them, um, looks after the boys, someone who can get them into bars and nightclubs all around the world. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hang on one second. Yeah, well, now you think of it, I fucking may very well want for president. <laughs> but don't you, have, don't you have to be extremely rich, which is one thing I'm not. So, um, the door, all presidents are filthy rich, aren't they? Is that right? You need a good work ethic. Yeah. Oh, well, scratch me off then. <laughs> That's me done. Well, good, so, Ed, good dream, good while it lasted. Given you're the only person in Australia who didn't see it, Dave, but Ed announced to the Collingwood Forum that he was stepping down. And when he announced it, he said, only Carla and the boys know that I'm doing this because I wanted to tell the members first. And uh, he, they, this could be, you know, breaking confidences behind the scenes, but he's pretty passionate about his club, isn't he? Oh, just a touch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I've always said it's, a, it's probably the job he loved the most and it's the one he got paid nothing for. Yeah. Um, it's certainly the one that gave him the most stress. And, you know, like I said, he, it's the one that, that gets paid nothing. Another reason why I would never do it now. No, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> um, nothing, so, nothing. and my word, it's not. So, uh, you can scratch me off. Everyone who thinks I should be that. Um, maybe just an ambassador who gets, who gets paid to ambassador the football club. Um, <laughs> to but, <ambassador>. yeah. <laughs> Is that the right word? Is it a verb? Maybe. Um, you know what a verb is, Swanee? It's a herb, isn't it? <laughs> Very no. close. Very close. Mm. You're almost yeah. there. Do you think that now this presents an opportunity that Ed might join us on the show, Dane? Now that, you know, we, we kind of don't really have well, it, current players. We often go to, past. His mornings are freed up. His mornings are freed up because he's not on the radio. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, he's the 20, hour, 20 hours of the rest of the day that he – and worries about the footy club is gone. So, um, listen, I think it's a perfect fit, to be honest. Right. Can't wait. Um, especially, I, I, you know, one of the questions that I think we've asked on this um, that would be pertinent for him is maybe would you, uh, from the fucking um, hypotheticals we did, maybe something like, would you rather give the first 99% of a by job or the last 1%? Mm. Well, uh, I think that would be... I think that's right up Ed's alley. So um, I can't see why he wouldn't join this. Why he wouldn't join this chat? <laughs> you remind me on, on his last breakfast show on Triple M. They got Mick Malloy back. They in. didn't answer that, did they? Oh. Well, it was a long night. Okay. <laughs> they got Mick Malloy for a reappearance, Sorry. and uh, Mick put on some kind of toga party, which Ed turned up to, and there was. <laughs> There was a bloke, two blokes playing pool in the nude, <laughs> and Ed said to Mick, "I can't be seen here under this circumstance." And Mick said, "Well, don't look behind you. There's a dwarf riding a Shetland." <laughs> on Triple M. 
Can't believe I don't get invited yeah. to that party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you have previously said, I'll get you to repeat it, uh, Swati, that because um, you're talking about the support from uh, the players to the president and back again, that uh, that often the players would actually say, hang on, Ed, being made to look a bit of a dick here, we need to support him back the other way. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, he's, he's taken more than enough bullets for all of us. And like when you, you know, and people, he's, Divides opinions and stuff like that, but you know when you're live on air, what is he? Twenty hours a week, he'd be live on air for yep. forty weeks of the year. Uh, of course, you're going to say the odd thing that, that gets you in trouble, but everyone would. So um, that that is what it is. But um, no matter what footy club, maybe there's probably one or two footy clubs that probably wouldn't need it as a president now. But no matter what other supporters and that thing, I mean, what other fans and people in the media, every club would love to have had Ed as their president because of what he brings to the footy club, what he does, the power that he has behind him, um, then the influence he has on everyone. So I, you couldn't have asked for a better president and obviously he's, he's going now. So I'll be sad to see him go, but it's time for him to go. I genuinely thought he would have done it early 80. But <laughs> it, it, um, I think... His kids are finishing school or something like that, yep. so he's probably going to spend a bit more time with them. Um, and his wife, who, you know, he probably sees half hour a day, like his family, because of how busy he's been. So he's obviously cutting back his, his work commitments, and, and good on him. He's done more than enough for the Collingwood Footy Club. Um, you know, there's, there hasn't been a better president in the league, no matter what your feelings are for him. If you look at the club was fucked in 98, it was cooked. Um, they're on their knees, they're on their way out, and he just about single handedly. Turned it around and made it the, you know, it's not the most powerful and biggest. It's in the top two or three now. So, um, yeah, he's he's done everything uh, he needs to. Now it's time for someone else, and they're pretty big shoes to fill. Oh, well, um, we've actually got we've got two Collingwood champions on, on this podcast. We should speak to the other one as well, Georgie. What was it like in AFLW? Uh, yeah, three three game superstars. <laughs> you need you need anything, and then and then I had a similar ending to you. Broke my foot, you know. I was. I didn't have a donut. Was it life-threatening? Yeah, nearly, yeah, nearly died. Um, yeah, all the good ones go. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the question, Ralphie? No, about the uh, what was it like from the AFLW <laughs> perspective as a player and, and Ed's uh, influence it, from what you saw from that end? Uh, I'm going to say something controversial and I think we were only there to pick a box. What's that? I, this will be a bit controversial, but I think that us as a female team were only there to tick a box. As in, there was a token yeah, fashion. Yeah, we've got a girls' team. Because we can imagine them not having one. Um, it might be different now, but um, it was kind of just, oh, we've got a team call. We've done what we need to do. But but I do agree with um, Swanee in saying that, um, like, I'm not an, I wasn't an Eddie Maguire fan and then suddenly Eddie's speaking to us at our pre-season, oh, season launch or something and it's like, I think I can be Prime Minister of Australia now. Do you know what? He's just got this ability to inspire every single person in the room and I wish I loved anything as much as he loved Collingwood. <laughs> I don't like anything that much. Um, and on the, and on the flip side, he's got the ability to put the fucking fear of life in you. Yeah, <laughs> with very red face. <laughs> oh, yeah, my word. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but you, sorry. what he is. No, it's the same, but you get everything. Like, it's, he, you know, like Georgie said, like, he fucking loves, I don't want to say more than his family, because I said that about 
bucks once and he, um, he yelled at me for it in the media. So we won't say that. But like he, mate, if Collingwood's a rung under um, his family for the passion he has, and he can't hide it. Like he just can't. Well, which is something that you want in a president. Like he, he's come down and gone off his pits at us before when we played last year. And then now times when you win, like there's, there's in, I can give you anything, give you the world because it's how much he loves the footy club and how much it, it drives yeah. him. He's genuinely proud of when you do well or hold yourself well. He's proud of, proud of the guys. You know, when he'll say that he's proud of them for like this season and how they went and things like that. Like he genuinely means that. I don't think, um, yeah, yeah. He, he is pretty honest, I think, in reflection of it um, with the guys and, and the club. But, they will miss him, I think, but I think also it's time to go. It's been a tough year for the, the league, the club. Um, God, he must be the busiest man in Australia as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. No doubt. When I was with him at the footy show, it was part of that time when he took over, and he, he did not need to do that job at all. Like, he, he absolutely put himself out there, and the usual reverse narcs were saying things like, you know, how Collingwood's been good for him. Well, he was bloody good for Collingwood at the time because he was going better than Collingwood was at the time. But one thing we noticed from a comedy perspective, when Collingwood were going shit, it was good for the footy show. When they were going great, it was good. We just never wanted him to be six six after round 12, you know? We, we, we always needed to either take the piss out of him or, uh, or or make that part of the gag on his way. But uh, it was it, it's been an amazing journey for him, either way. Absolutely. And I don't think it's the last we're going to see, but I can't imagine Ed just going through. <laughs> Go maybe maybe um, you could go on a millionaire hot seat, Jane. How, how yeah. far do you reckon you'd get, in, get on on that? Georgie, can how I just I remind you that he thinks right? that a verb is a herb? I'm not sure how he'll go. Um, well, if he'd cheat for me, that's it. If he could just give me the cough once when it was A, cough twice when it was B, that would be fine. Here's one, here's one uh, off the top. What was the best phone call you ever made to him for a favour? Um, might be for overseas to get into somewhere. Yeah, or, you know, because like, we—I remember early doors of the radio. Uh, Anthony Morgan wanted to come up with a with a segment called Ed Knows a Bloke. <laughs> oh, well, he does. He's got a, He's got me in there to exclusive clubs and restaurants in in the UK, in the in I think even one in South America. Um, <laughs> But that still out in South America. Yeah, good point. Uh, well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm actually not allowed back, so, so um, <laughs> let's talk about the fake passport. I was I haven't told that story, but that's a um, not sure that's one for, for the not sure that's one for the public here. Um, getting arrested in Brazil is not very fun, but um, it's the scariest day of my life. Um, but but I'm home safe, so we don't need to worry about. It. I'm never going back there again. Um, but the the thing of uh, I can't. Well, ask it. Well, apart from the obvious of asking him, please don't let this leak to the media. <laughs> Otherwise, my life's over. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please don't sack me. Um, apart from that, but like, I've, I've never really. I'm not a big favour asker. Like, I don't like asking yeah. any of my friends. For, that's why I don't get anyone on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not asking. My, I don't like asking people to do things for me. So I don't. Not a big favour asker, um, but probably he did get me into like a super, and I think it was all hooked to um, like a exclusive sort of nightclub in like in the UK. And I think he paid 
through like I don't know fuck how he did it, but he paid all day to give it to him like the day of we I got there and I said, Mate, what's good on Saturday night? He goes, Leave it with me And then within it <laughs> Uncle Ed. And I don't know what I don't know what the time difference is, but like we probably he's probably up at four AM doing his whatever he does, then a couple of hours later he goes, Yeah, you're all sweet for six, have a good night <laughs> like, fuck you beauty. So um there was that. Um, and and obviously apart from the obvious ones, um, yeah, um, I think I think he wrote a letter of um, like a reference for Taylor to to become like a a resident, um, which I get, which I guess would carry some weight. Um, More than yours. Yeah, probably just a smidgen. I like uh, that that's, um, that that's a bit lower down than getting into a nightclub in the UK. <laughs> well, well, I, well, I, I didn't regret that going to the nightclub in the UK. So, um, so yeah. So, but I, I've had a couple of other regrets. Hey, don't. I've got to ask this question because it just came to me out of nowhere. Have you ever been arrested in Brazil and what was the story with it? <laughs> Funnily enough, I just about have. Um, the scariest day of my life. But, um, it might be a story for another day. Um, I don't, think my, parents don't think my parents know about that. So, <laughs> have mum and dad out with them. Have it listen um, to the show. I was fucking scared shitless, so let me tell you. So uncannily rescue, but... Um, Cost me everything out of my wallet, and that was it. Chris <laughs> Police took bribes, or maybe they do. But um, <laughs> tip for everyone listening to this: if you are uh, just about to get arrested in Brazil, just just pay them. Carry cash. Just pay them. Yeah. Um, just cash it. Slight segue, but um, you've mentioned many times, Dane, that there are many things you could do down a footy club, and I know there is a role down at the footy club to help players when they leave the club transition into the general public, i.e. getting themselves an education, you know, getting themselves a job, etc. So if that was your role down at Collingwood, what would you suggest uh, Eddie do for a job going forward? What do you think his skill set would set him up for in the in the general civilian lifestyle? Um, well, you know what I think he'd be great at? Like a telemarketer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can like sell everything. He can sell exactly. anything, can't he? Yeah. yeah, like, if we couldn't get off the phone, he'd be like, yeah, excuse me, is this Mr. Swan? Yeah, mate, well, this is fucking simply energy here. Uh, I'm just wondering. <laughs> and, like, all of a sudden, you'd, mate, you'd sell to a fridge, some energy, <laughs> um, all kinds of things. So I think, I think it'd be good at that. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, door-to-door salesman. Obviously, he could sell. You know, I see Eskimos or the Inuits. I apologise. Um, but um, what I think that'd be his perfect job. What else would he be good at? Um, well, mind you, from some of the coaching lessons I've had of him, I reckon he could <laughs> he could squeeze straight into coaching AFL. Um, <laughs> given some magnificent pointers on how to kick and how to mark. Well, let me say. <laughs> If Alexander thinks she can be a coach, then so can he. Yeah, he's pretty direct with his feedback about his um about our, about some of the boys' football ability. So um, <laughs> he'd, he'd probably go he'd probably go with leading teams the way um he's instructed us on how the ball should hit your foot and stuff like that. And fun. after after an eight goal defeat, Swanny, would you just look back in the eye and say, "Mate, I'm the Brownlow medalist and Copeland Trophy winner. Can you just pull up?" Uh, 
Not really. <laughs> no one could. You they sit there with their, just try not, you know, just try not to make eye contact. Oh, we'll talk about it a bit. But I copped it either way. Like, yeah. Remember, Mick, Mick had fucking give it to when we were getting down by eight goals, and you'd all be sitting there at half time, and you, you're fucking, you're, you're no good, you. Swan, you've done fucking nothing all day, you're useless. You look at the stat sheet, half time, you've had 22, you're going okay. Just after he's faked me, and I'm like, so, um, that's because I couldn't kick, and they were pretty usually mostly ineffective, but, um, but I could get it. All right, we're going to talk about the leading administrator stepping down in a year, but uh, there's uh, on your side of the country, Georgie, and in your sport, you, uh, you've uh, really, Dane and I need to have a chat with you because you're starting to rant on Twitter a little bit, and we don't like that. What's actually <laughs> I've never gone full Ralph Harowitz, though. Uh, <laughs> thank goodness. No, that's something you don't want to go. So you use the Billy Brownless line, can you succinct it for us? What's happening? I've done three tweets, and essentially it's, um, I feel for these these poor hockey roos girls who, I mean, if you think think of it, it's a poor Olympic sport. We don't get much money. We don't have a really powerful AFLPA, a CAPA behind us. We have us um, getting funded by the government, and these poor girls are living a pretty pretty awful little experience there in the hockey roost camp and um, nothing's been done above and it's just getting swept under the carpet. So a lot of um, just mistreatment and mismanagement of the girls and um, how many times can you ask for them to help you for them to be continually ignored. So um, just trying to help what I can and pushing it with the media and some pretty damaging um, articles have been written from this kind of stuff as well. So, you know, for example, a girl getting asked for asked for six weeks off because of her mental health as advice by a psychologist to which they said no and then dropped her. Things like that, which shouldn't happen. It's 2020 um, and mental health should be at the forefront of the mind. So I feel really feel for these girls, but I don't know if free tweets is a, um, <laughs> a rant. You've got to start somewhere. That's how Ralphie started. Absolutely. <laughs> you've got, and you've got to knock it on, that, on the head, don't you, Dane? Otherwise, yeah. you do start getting How did you that. feel after those three? I felt pretty good because I got a lot of um, I got a lot of uh, positive feedback from them. But I think after my third one, it didn't hit as well. So I just thought I'll just pull yeah. back now. Yeah. The yeah. serotonin didn't get from those likes. So. That doesn't compute in Ralph's brain. He just needs yeah. power and food. <laughs> But um, but you're a, you're a hockey roos great. You played over a hundred games for him, and obviously that's still your your passion there. Uh, can you where, where does where's the fine line between it being a sport being really brutal? And I'm asking you this uh, at, at the top level, but also you need to have that caring, uh, nurturing sort of environment, don't you? Yeah, you do, and I think it needs to be tailored for every single person. Because I mean, like if they treated Dane how they'd treat a Scott Pendlebury, you wouldn't. Dane would quit, you know what I mean? Like every single person needs to be treated differently and I think that you can't just um, cookie cutter an athlete um, as a lot try to do. So um, you've got to treat everyone differently and I remember the pivoting moment in my career was when my coach sat me down and I used to, when he used to tell me off, he was really, really hard on me. When he used to tell me off, I used to take it really personally and then he sat me down and said, I really like you, I think you're really funny, we get on really well but right now I'm your coach and I don't give a shit about that and what I'm telling you is about you as a player. <laughs> Once you can separate the two, then you can really, you know, say this isn't bullying or this isn't um, a hard, like it's a hard message that's actually going to make me better and that's coming from a place of wanting me to grow. There's a big difference between telling somebody something that's just to belittle them and to actually shoot their confidence down, you know. Um, 
but I think you've got to treat every single athlete differently. Um, give them the carrot of the, carrot of the you know. That's always been the same as in the 20. Oh, well, it's like exactly what Georgie said. What works for some doesn't work for others. And um, I understand this new age where everyone sort of has to come along together, be seen and doing the same thing. But in the end, what works for some doesn't work for others. And, until, and I think you'll find the best, the most successful teams are the ones, all the coaches who understand that and the player development managers and the welfare managers understand that. And it's not, um, like I've said it a million times, it's not all about, I'm not talking about all about going out in the pits and having a banner and being allowed to. It's about different things, having a day off from here to there or staying inside or being able to, and whatever it is that helps you perform the best of your ability because <clears throat> exactly what Georgie said, like, if I trained as much as Pendles, I'd either be absolutely, I'd be absolutely knackered by game day. I wouldn't be able to fucking lift my leg, and so I probably would have burned out. Um, and if Pendles had done what I have done off the field and on it, he wouldn't have lasted three years. So it's just, <clears throat> I just had a way of dealing with myself and how I mentally thought I needed there, and how just the way it is, the way of the world. And if I was a, a coach, that's what I'll do. I'll let people do what they want as long as they perform. The best coaches are people management. So and it's yeah. not necessarily just mental. It's as well physically. Like me, my leanest and my fittest, I wasn't at my best performance because I was stressed out at not eating and um, doing extra sessions and being tired. So, like uh, yeah. caviar, Georgie. Pardon? Like caviar. She, she raced best when she was a bit bigger and not, not overly yeah. lean. Oh, well, there you go. I'm not erasing that, but exactly it. So, like, me and my lead, I was not good. And you need to get that balance where you're not stressed and, and you take time. it takes time to find that and figure it out as an athlete. Um, and so you've got to get the young kids to, you know, try and trial and error. But it's not just physically, it's mentally as well. So there's a lot to being an athlete. Um, and that's why probably the best coaches are often teachers because they're used to dealing with 30 shit, little shits in a room. Um, and working out how to get them all to shut up at once, you know? Yeah. How do you two deal with that, Sam? <coughs> Say that again. How do you deal with that 30 little shits in a room? Yeah, <laughs> I just, I had a um, chuckle then because I, it, it is, you're right, it's a balancing act. I've got, I have four assistants that work under me and they're always like teenagers that are wanting to become dance teachers. And you see them come through and I'm a very strict teacher but with my older girls, you, if you, you'll know, Ralph, if you told, tell a teenage girl what to do too many times, she's just going to want to do the complete opposite. So you have to learn to work their personalities to get the best out of them. I must be a teenage girl then because that's exactly what I do. <laughs> well, teenagers in general, they don't like to be told what to do. But there's still ways of getting stuff out of them. And you can be strict with them if you've already earned their respect. But this year in particular, I had two girls that, that were my assistants and they were the same age as the girls that they were teaching and they were just coming in and barking orders and like, you know, pushing on them and doing this and the other and then the girls didn't like them and they were like, I don't understand what's wrong. And I'm like, you have to earn that respect and you need to learn the kids that you're teaching and learn what works for them to get the best out of them. So completely agree. 30 kids under the age of six is a completely different ball game, but teenagers and anyone above, I think that you – you know, that have got some ability and they know they've got some ability, working out how to best work them is, is a skill, I think. Were you talking about Lily Brazil, uh, Georgie? Yeah, yeah, Lily. Um... She's done a really, have I pronounced it right? Yeah. Yep. No, she's done a really good article in Upstream if people want to look it up and get to the more serious stuff. But um, she's expl- explained all that. I don't know if you've seen it. it. might be a recent article. 
yeah, she, she has written that beautifully just about the ever, never-ending emotions of being an athlete and also just how ever-consuming it is. It's, um, you know, to, to be at your best, we, we can't all be Dane Swan, unfortunately. Like, a lot of them can't. Have... That'd be a fucking ordinary. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of them, it's, like, so engulfing um, and tiring and she has written absolutely beautifully in this upstream and just um, how she wants to make some change because, like I said, a sport like hockey where you don't have the AFLPA behind you in footy is what they were doing was happening in footy. Um, they just they just strike and they can do that. They've got the money to do that. They've got the power of the AFLPA and not other players to do that. But when you've got 20 in the country earning fuck all um, and it's coming from the top down, it's really, really hard. So, um, yeah, it's a tough little trot for them. And it's really sad as well because, I mean, going to the Olympics and the year before, it's meant to be a really tiring and challenging year and you're meant to question yourself all the time. But it's meant to be exciting thinking that the ending, the end is going to be your main goal. But I think that they're, they're looking, they're going, none of this is actually worth it as opposed to it, it is. So I'm really sad for them that this is their experience going into the Olympics. Which, but who knows? It probably won't even go ahead, the Olympics. So there's yeah. that as well, another element of it. You wouldn't be in a hurry there. Just before we get to our questions, uh, on your on your pin tweet, it should be illegal to serve chips underneath a schnitzel. Can I please get a question here uh, to the panel? I, I needed some meat last week, um, being a man, and uh, and 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 women not eat me. what's that? Do women not eat me. I don't know. I'm just talking about me. <laughs> I got a souvlaki, and being a man, I then got in the car and drove off without actually looking at it, and then because you you don't sit and eat, you just drive off and start it and peel it back and what was it I got without asking for it, chips and a souvlaki. That's a gyros. Yeah, that's not. Are they illegal? No, that's a type. No, no, have you been to Greece? Go travel, mate. That's <laughs> what they do in Greece. Do they? Semi normal. Yeah, it's a gyros. Yeah, I think. It's a different dish. Well I, I did think what would Greek people in Oakley know? Well, that, well, I don't know. I've been to Greece a few times, and that's yeah. what I got in Greece. Yeah. I'm wrong. Hey, uh, so from Nacker uh, 22, you can send that. Yeah. Um, I was down, we were talking about, um, well, we had a bit of a food conversation with Dules about eating the bread rolls. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I was uh, I was caught red-handed um, <laughs> doing that with the shared explain, plate. Explain to Georgie what, the, what, what happened. Well, like your advice on it, it's not just about the bread rolls. So, you know, when you order, um, so usually most food shared food these days, but some restaurants you get like a few starters and then a main each. So the, yeah. the start, starters, starters come out with the main. I, because I'm a pig, <laughs> I will eat all the shared food first before my main. So I get more, I get more of a lick of the ice cream, if you understand. So I was going about my business and I was told to stop stealing the shared food. And I don't, well, I don't think it's stealing. I think it's first in, best, first in best stress. So where do you draw the line and how many bread rolls do you eat before, like, for enough enough? Or how many goes at the fucking calamari do you go before everyone else has had a go? Or do you just keep going? It's like, fucking, if you don't eat it, bad luck. I don't care if you're a slow eater. So I was yeah. yelled at. I was yelled at in Byron for aggressively attacking the starters without touching my mane. I think if everyone has one piece, it's fine, right? Well, yeah, so as, long as, as long as everyone gets one piece of it, you can go back for as much as you want. Is that right? Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And I think there's nothing worse than when everybody's polite and there's one piece of calamari left in the bowl 
and everyone's like, oh, no, you have it. I knew you have it. And it's just this annoying, wanky conversation of people not pretending they're not pigs when really every single one of them wants it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I've had that conversation ever. <laughs> maybe maybe when I was like... Ten? Not the, not, yeah, maybe when I was like the first the second time with me and Taylor went out for dinner trying to be polite and show off, but since then, I can have <laughs> you, that. Since then. You've just shown the real Dane. I'm not, well, well, exactly. I like my food. And, and the thing is, even now, like, you know, we're splitting the bill, so um, you got to eat as much as I can. <laughs> Hang on a minute. You, 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 your, your pregnant partner, you're splitting the bill. No, 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 with but, friends. That's oh. the best. That's the no. That's Wait. The best thing, that's the best thing about being pregnant. <laughs> what? Wait, what? We split the bill. Well, it's 2020. <laughs> I'm not going to use the fucking sexism or anything like that. <laughs> I'm all for equality. You are ridiculous. You mean? Mate, I know the Albion closing scene tough, Swanee, but come on. Mate, I'm all about equality. And, and uh, is it a 50-50 split given that someone's not drinking alcohol and someone is? It is. Hey, I'll, hey, listen, I've said, it, I've, said this, I've said this too many times. If I could carry a baby, I would. But unfortunately, <laughs> listen, one day down the track... That is we, such a lot. Men say that, but that is such an empty promise because they know it's never going to happen. Hey, listen, it's 2020. The world's yeah. changing. It fucking may happen. So. And then uh, you're not drinking for nine months. <laughs> no, I can't. Um, you thought about it? Maybe it'd come out with like. Not just nine months, though. Dane, it's not just nine but, months. It's a lead up, and if you're breastfeeding but, as well, you know, you've got to limit yourself. Um, but well, I just I don't know why. I, I, sometimes sometimes she pays for it and then I pay for it. It's just well, swings and roundabouts. There's a world we're living in. It's equality, and like I'll, I'll only have and I'll make sure it's top shelf wine or something like that as well. <laughs> so, what a what a guy. Um, messages, messages, messages. I'm a uh, catch from Knackers Twenty Two. Don't know if that's your name, but um, how did Dane find out that? Uh, they were preg- uh, that uh, Taylor was pregnant, and what is the best thing about being pregnant? Well, the best thing is to be able to split the bill, obviously, and getting and having a free taxi, um, <laughs> uh, like obviously a free Uber. That's clearly the best thing. Um, I wonder what the worst thing is. The worst thing, um, hmm, it's just shit everywhere. That's probably the worst thing. My package comes every day. What <laughs> baby's fucking this big? And there's more shit in this house for the baby than there is for me. Have you looked around the house yet? Because this, well, this was a step yet I had to go through. Have you looked around the house yet of all the things at the coffee table height and lower that you cannot have on the ground anymore? Well, um, no, I haven't. You have to pick up after yourself now, Dave. Not for a while. The baby can't move for a while. Yeah, well, neither can I. Um, <laughs> how, we, how, we, how we found out we're pregnant? Well, um, uh, so I was going to I had my cousin's birthday and he had booked Nobu at Crown and then he rented the penthouse for the night with a few of us. Well, I think it was, it was June, it was his birthday is June 16. I, I don't know why I remember that. I can't remember it. I can have my family's, but I can remember my cousin's. Um, so, so I must have been in that two-week window or something when we're all out out. So I had that. Um, and we've been trying for like four or five, six weeks, something like that. 
and I was in the shower at like one thirty. Um, but lunch was at two, I think. And she's like, I'm gonna, uh, I think I'm pregnant. I'm gonna do a pregnancy test. And I was in the shower and I fucking stormed out, don't you fucking dare do that pregnancy test. Like, you're going to be pregnant tomorrow if you are. So we do not need you to find out today. You're gonna ruin my day. Um, so she, I'm sitting in the shower. <laughs> she comes back. I said, don't you fucking dare piss on that thing. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna be pregnant tomorrow. I do not need you to ruin my day. Um, so I'm sitting in the shower, I'm fucking just brushing my teeth or whatever, prepping myself for a, a big day, big night. And then I get out of the shower and she's like, I'm pregnant. I said, fuck off you are. Don't tell me that. Um, <laughs> so, this is reading like a romance novel, isn't it? I can't wait for the kids to listen to this. Yeah, so she, so she told me, she was frustrated. You, you haven't, have you? You haven't gone and done the pregnancy test, have you? She showed me, and I was like, wow. Well, that's fucked, isn't it? Um, so I was like, <laughs> but we both didn't know really what to do. And I was like, well, no, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I haven't listened to anything before. Was it planned? Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're trying. Yeah, for about six weeks. Um, and that, yeah, yeah, we were. Um, so I was like, well, just. Well, it was a big night the night happened too, but um, yes, I was like, well, she's like, well, you're not going. I said, yes, I am. She said, I told you not to do the test. I'm going. So, so I left. And, um, but I did pull it up early, like, because I go there, she, it was only, she was only like eight weeks or nine weeks or something. So you actually have to wait, you know, until 12 or something, take family and stuff. So I sat there in a cab. Then I was pregnant, telling you one. Then I was like, "Fuck, I should probably go home now." So about seven a.m., I, I jumped in the cab and come home. <laughs> Sam, I don't know if you can do this in production, but can you put some like gentle music underneath it? We'll submit it to Player's Voice for a. <laughs> as a... <Right. laughs> I'll do my That's best. That's how I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, but I was like, well. We would. I thought we would have been pregnant tomorrow. Like nothing would have changed apart from you ruining my day. What a guy. Oh, we, oh, we got over that. <laughs> she agreed then. What a guy. She apologised and we moved on. Uh, this is from Lee. Our favourite Christmas food, in brackets, pork for you, Ralphie. Uh, I think that's a new gag. Um, to inhale on Christmas Day. Um, favourite Christmas food? Oh, well, a lot. Roast. Anything with gravy. Yeah, hard to beat. Yeah, potatoes, roast potatoes. Yeah, we have yeah. Yorkshire puddings yeah. in our family. Mum only ever makes them now is, at Christmas. What is Yorkshire pudding? That sounds gross. It's delicious. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's like Is it the bread pudding? Is that what they call black pudding? No, yeah, it's like a bread. No. It looks, kind of looks like a little muffin. It's bready. Okay. You, you use it, you have it with roast and you use it to mop up your gravy. It's bloody delicious. Oh, okay. It's kind of like stuffing. Is it not? No. Yorkshire no. pudding is a common English side dish, a baked pudding made from batter of eggs, flour, and milk or water. The versatile food that can be served in numerous ways depending on the choice of ingredients. Yes. That's just a dinner roll. Yeah, kind of. It's like a tasty dinner roll. Oh, yes. Yeah. You should get amongst them, Dave. Sure. So you have them and then Boxing Day's carb free. 
Yeah, Boxing Day is just cold meats for us, whatever's left over. <laughs> yeah, with you. Um, for Swanee, from Jonty, I know you love NBA, but who, in fact, is your team and why? And who will win next year's NBA? Uh, I go for Philly, um, not because of Ben Simmons, because Alan Iverson is my favourite of a sportsman. So, Philly, um, but I like whichever side I'm gambling on. So, I like most sides throughout the year. Um, and who I think is going to win it? Oh, well, the Lakers will be hard to beat again. Um, the Nets, if Duran Corey could get back to the, their best, but um, the Lakers, that's a very obvious choice, but um, that's like, it's the obvious choice for a reason. Do you have overseas sports team, Georgie? I'm an avid Nuggets fan. Love the Nuggets. They'll, they'll improve. Yeah, they've not been bad the last couple of years. Is there a reason? I have. Um, I love well, I love Rocky, their mascot. <laughs> and I went when I was in the states. Oh, I've been there multiple times. When I was there once, and went and saw so many games, spent thousands of dollars on tickets. And my favourite game was the Denver Nuggets match um, with Rocky because he's so funny. It was my best game experience. So they did it right. So it's a pretty no, this, reason. This is something from your uh, your Twitter feed here, uh, <laughs> Georgie, um, even though it's the funny from Dylan. Um, what's the thoughts about Peter Siddle's hair and his sonnings in the Big Bash? Yeah, look. <laughs> he's just trying to stay relevant, isn't he? Have you seen his work, Dane? <laughs> no, I haven't. What's he got? What's he got? Just, just Google, that, uh, Google that one in. It is absolutely shocking. Is it a bit of a uh, bit of... M&M sort of look, or what, what do we Yeah, call? I thought, um, you know that guy that had the, the party, Corey, oh, yeah. Corey Worthington? Worthington. Corey yeah, Worthington. I, I think it's a lot of Corey Worthington rise with those horrific glasses, um, white hair. You went the old bleach, Sh- um, Shane, I was to call you Shane Dane. Um, uh, was that yeah. the brown loaf vote? No, I, no, I bleached it for Coachella votes. That was well, so I bleached my hair, so... Um, I bleached it after Coachella, uh, pre Coachella. Um, so, but I never, I never put colour in my hair while I was playing. I, I went for more permanent look for tattoos for brown leather folks. Yeah, and being and um, be nice to umpires. Yeah, this is from Max. <laughs> yeah, that worked. From Max, just want to give thanks to Sam's suggestion on Vegemite shapes, the best. Ooh, the best. Mine's the best. Vegemite shapes. Yeah, get me here. Uh, it's an interesting shout. They're bloody good. Yeah. Mm. You like them, Sam? What? Whose favourite were they? Mine. They're bloody delicious. You've eaten some. I've brought them in before. Yeah. They're very good. Okay. Uh, this is from Bowie. When was the last time you guys had a threesome? Well, the last time we were all in the podcast together was March, and 2021, we are back together, yeah? Absolutely, we are. We'll be back together. When? March. No, 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 that March was our last one together in the same year. Oh. Next said, year. Okay. Next year we'll yeah. be back together. Next year we'll be back in the studio, uh, COVID willing. I have a um, question. From... I have a question from that two yes. people have sent in to me, and I and I'll admit when I don't know something and um, go to the panel to get the answer because I genuinely don't know. Can someone explain what happened with the number one draft pick? Why he ended up not at Adelaide, and in fact the Western Bulldogs. I know Gil said. They matched the bid, but what does that mean? Can anyone bid for the number one draft pick? I had no idea. You, no, it's part of their academy. So if you're an academy player, they can match your bid. 
So he was so an he's academy from the player. Western Bulldogs right. academy. Yeah. Okay. Got to be a member of Mensa to figure it out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, same as Father Son Rule. That's a difficult one. Okay. That one confuses me too. So if someone goes like, number one, to about Father Son. Well, because of where you then land in the draft, of how many points you are and stuff like that, you don't just get to be withdrawn from the draft. Exactly, you should be. Like, I feel, I feel Dad played enough games. Well, it's just the fucking just the unfortunate for the all the other sides. It's just awesome. Yeah, exactly. Not bad luck. That's that's why they have the rule. But, yeah, it's great. Yeah, uh, and, well, and 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 mother, son, or father, daughter shouldn't discriminate. Yeah, oh, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, from Thomas, will Bane smile before Christmas? <laughs> will you smile? Um, not any time soon. He didn't even smile when he got told he was having a baby. <laughs> well, it's we more just of a why. More of a scowl. Yeah, exactly. Ruined his lunch. Fucked out, he did. <laughs> Uh, well, we've got a few combined ones about uh, about you uh, replacing Eddie in the top job. We've, we've pretty much uh, covered that. Also, um, I've also got another random thing. Well, yeah. people ask me, um, this is clearly I've started to like, will we get married? And it's like, no, um, we're not. But then well, I had a... Of course you're not. Exactly. But then I was like, if I was going to, look, I don't understand the concept of the honeymoon. Because we're not back in like the 1700s where you didn't like live together before you got married and stuff like that. Like most people now have been together for like numerous amount of years before they get married. So going away with your partner to like a romantic place like the Maldives where there's no TV and it's just YouTube for 10 days after you've been together for 10 years. Yes. It's a fucking good idea of hell. Like, <laughs> so I think the honeymoon should be a boy's trip. Just like another boy. So that's what I think a honeymoon should be because you've like and it's not like you like you haven't slept with them or anything like you've been together for 10 years so you, you've done pretty much everything you could possibly do together well so i think after you get married you need another boy's trip so that would be a carrot to get married you're like fuck i need another boy's trip. i might get married so i can have the the, the friend moon exactly for the for the actual health of the relationship yeah Absolutely. Yeah. That's what yeah. I think. You always, you always think of others, though. This is more because we're not in the 1700s. You're not arranged marriages. Like it's just, well, the some obviously do still have arranged marriages, but like 90% of the modern world have usually been with their partners for a number of years before honeymoon, so before they get married. So I think um, in the year 2021, the honeymoon should be for friends or couples at least. Yeah, bring them Maybe group weddings. Maybe group weddings might be coming a thing. This is from King Cast. Is Swanee going to do anything differently now that he's going to be a father? Um, uh, not, it doesn't appear as... No, I don't think so. Um, well, I'll be home a bit more, you would think. Um, but no, I can't... Well, I don't, I don't know because fucking hasn't happened yet, but um, I can't see myself being any different. Thing. I was supposed to be home a bit more. I oh, know, Ralph, have you got any pointers for me? Did you change? Well, I, was, I could give you some, some pointers on getting a dad bod. If, if, would you like that assistance? No, I'm, I'm on my way. Anyway. <laughs> Very good. George, anything to finish with? Nah. Nah. All covered. All covered. Sorted. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.